Hello. Welcome to the Bore You to Sleep podcast. The podcast that will hopefully help you get to sleep. I am going to read an open source book, one that is not particularly interesting, but one that is hopefully boring enough to get you to sleep. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Bore You to Sleep podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please jump in to the podcast app, leave a comment, leave a rating. It really helps out and I appreciate you listening. Tonight's readings are going to come from a book called The Dance copyright 1916 introduction the gods themselves danced as the stars dance in the sky is a saying of the ancient mexicans to dance is to take part in the cosmic control of the world, said the ancient Greek philosophers. What do you dance? asks African Bantu of a member of another tribe after his greeting. Livingston said that when an African wild man danced That was his religion. It is said that the savages do not preach their religion, but dance it. According to the Bible, the ancient Hebrews danced before their Ark of the Covenant. Saint Basil describes the angels dancing in heaven. According to Dante, dancing is the real occupation of the inmates of heaven. Christ acting as the leader of a celestial ballet. Dancing, said Lucian, is as old as love. Dance had a sacred and mystic meaning to the early Christians upon whom the Bible had made a deep impression. We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. The service of the Greek church even today is for the most part only a kind of sacred dance accompanied by chants and singing. The priest walking and gesturing with an incense pan up and down before the numerous icons kneeling, 
bowing to the saints, performing queer Kabbalistic figures with his hands in the air and following always a certain rhythm is essentially a dancer. It is said that dancing of a similar kind was performed in the English cathedrals until the 14th century. In France, the priests danced in the choir at the Easter Mass up to the 7th century. In Spain, similar religious dancing took deepest root and flourished longest. In the cathedrals of Seville, Toledo, Valencia and Xeres, the dancing survives and is the feature at a few special festivals. The American Indian tribes seem to have their own religious dances, varied and elaborate, often with a richness of meaning which the patient study of the modern investigators has but slowly revealed writes Havelock Alice. It is a well-known fact that dancing in ancient Egypt and Greece was an art that was practiced in their temples. A good education, wrote Plato, consists in knowing how to sing well and how to dance well. According to Plutarch, Helen of Sparta was practicing the dance of innocence in the temple of Artemis when she was surprised and carried away by Thesis. We are told by Greek classics that young maidens performed dances before the altars of various goddesses, consisting of grave steps and graceful, modest attitudes belonging to that order of choric movement called Amilia. The ancient Egyptian Astronomic dance can be considered the sublimest of all dances. Here, by regulated figures, steps, and movements, the order and harmonious motion of celestial bodies was represented to the music of the flute, lyre, and syrinx. Plato alludes to this dance 
as a divine institution in spite of the high status of dancing in the ancient civilizations it has not progressed steadily as have the other arts it has remained the least systematized and least respected of arts generally considered as lacking in seriousness of intention fitness to express grave emotions and power to touch the heights and depths of the intellect being an art that expresses itself first in the human body the dance has aroused reprobation in certain pious puritanical minds of medieval type who have considered it a collection of immodest and dissolute movements by which the cupidity of the flesh is aroused it is this particular view that has damned dance with bell book and candle the main reason for this has been the hostile attitude of the church to all folk arts which manifested a more or less conspicuous ethnographic individuality that is was stamped as of pagan and not christian origin all folk dancing broadly speaking is a natural form of aesthetic courtship the male intends to win the female by his beauty grace and vigor or vice versa from the point of view of sexual selection we can understand on the one hand the immense ardor with which every sensuous part of the human body has been brought into the play of the dance and on the other the arguments of the pseudo moralists to classify it with the frivolous and least tolerated arts the stamp of frivolity put upon the dance by the christian clergy has retarded its natural development for centuries italy and germany have been the cradles of all modern music and stage arts have given little 
inspiration to a systematic development of the art of dancing. The 17th, 18th and 19th centuries that have meant so much to the perfection of the opera, vocal and orchestra technique gave nothing of any significance to choreography. The church that tolerated Bach, Pasillo, Hayden, Mozart and Beethoven put an open ban upon everything that had any relation to dance. The great musical classics of the past centuries have treated dance as an insignificant side issue, thereby putting a label of inferiority upon this loftiest of arts. All the dance music of the great classics sounds naive and lacking in choreographic images. Yet dance and music are like light and shadow, each depending upon the other. As canvas is to a painter, so is music to a dancer the essential element upon which he can draw his picture. The fact that the art of dancing has not evolved into its normal state of equality with the other arts is wholly due to the lack of musical leadership. Neither the reforms of Novare nor those of Fokin nor Marius Petipa can be of fundamental value if they lack the phonetic designs which alone a choreographic artist can transform into plastic events. Essentially and aesthetically speaking, dancing should be the elemental expression alike of symbolic religion and love as it used to be from the earliest human times. Dancing and architecture are the two primary and plastic arts. The one in time, the other in space. The one expressing the soul directly through the medium of the human body. The other 
giving only an outline of the soul through the medium of fossilized forms. The origin of these two arts is earlier than man himself. Both require mathematics, the one rhythmically, the other symmetrically. For dancing, the mathematical forms are to be found in music, for architecture, in geometry. The significance of dancing in the wide sense thus lies in the fact that it simply is an intimate concrete appeal of that general rhythm which marks all the physical and spiritual manifestations of life, writes Havelock Ellis. The art of dancing, moreover, is intimately entwined with all human traditions of war, of labour, of pleasure, of education, while some of the wisest philosophers and ancient civilizations have regarded the dance as the pattern in accordance with which the moral life of a man must be woven. To realize, therefore, what dance means for mankind, the poignancy and many sidelines of its appeal, we must survey the whole sweep of human life both at its highest and at its deepest moments. Anna Pavlova. That is the introduction of this book. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the dance. Hopefully you've also become a little bit sleepy. If not, Feel free to keep listening to some of the other stories from the podcast. In the meantime, I'll be looking into some other ratings to bring to you soon. Good night.